Hi, my name's Shelley Flett, and I want to welcome you to season two of the Dynamic Leader podcast. In this season, you'll continue to hear insights, experiences, successes, and failures from leaders across a broad range of industries and business structures. You'll also hear me share my own insights and observations of how leadership is evolving, how we can better manage our workload and get the best from our people. I maintain that each of us needs to be open to sharing our experiences and making the leadership playground safe enough to fail, to grow, to have fun and ultimately become more dynamic. Thanks so much for listening. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to another conversation about dynamic leadership. Today, I'm really excited to speak with Daniel Diallo, who is amazing in terms of leadership. And I think he's a really good depiction of what the future of leadership uh, will look like. Um, And certainly I'm experiencing firsthand some of the leadership skills that um, he has been able to bring to um, my my boys. And so I'm going to share a little bit about the work he's doing there. Uh, but before we do that, um, Daniel graduated, um, graduated, I'm not even sure if you can say that, graduated high school last year. So finished his VCE um, last year. Also, while completing year 12, uh, was a TEDx Casey speaker. Um, he spoke about stereotyping. So it's an amazing um, talk. And that's where I first um, had the experience um, of meeting Daniel and um, just was amazed by his passion and enthusiasm and his different perspectives on things. Um, he is now studying a Bachelor of Business at Fed Uni. And um, yeah, thank you so much for, for joining me, Daniel. Hey, thank you so much for having me. So excited. <laughs> so excited. So, so tell me, and you know, a lot of my conversations kick off by, you know, asking, tell me a little bit about your, your leadership journey so far um and it's interesting how often people will go back to well you know i I first started um, leading a team when i was at school and all that kind of stuff and so you're a little bit closer than um, a lot of my guests to that period of your life but tell me what was what has your journey through leadership been like good question i my journey with leadership i started at church you know, I, I started first being a youth leader. Um, before that, I was looking up to the youth leaders that were there already. And I'm like, I want to be that person, right? It didn't, I, I had no um, perspective or outlook on what's behind that or what could follow that first feeling of, I want to be just like that. Um, and so I mirrored what's around me and I soon became a youth leader. And then I'm like, hey, this is fun. I love this. It comes, it, it feels more, feels more natural. I would want to go into this even more. Um, and so opportunities came up in schools as well. And I'm like, yes, I want that. I want this. I want this. I want this. Right. Um, and so I went for it. I, I did my whole, you know, speeches and, you know, the appealing to the, to the audience whole thing. Um, and I, I got the position. Um, and then it took off from there, from going to, from, you know, school leadership youth um, to actual societal um, leader and that's where it got interesting. And so tell us about what it looks like from uh, you know the societal leadership perspective now what are you doing what are you doing within the community within your business? Yes so my business is a public speaking coaching business um, but I'm also a speaker first so on that note actually I have a um, an event coming up on the 5th of December 
in Ballarat if government, you know, if the restrictions um, ease up. Um, it's going to be fun. It's one hour of Danielle Biello just motivating you until next year. Well, we'll <laughs> so, definitely be sharing that. Yes, yes, yes. It's going to be, it's going to be interesting. It's going to be awesome. Um, but aside from that, what I've been doing with the um, in society as well is I am a part of a group called um, Multicultural Youth Support Services. Um, and they focus specifically on um, Black kids and Black families. Um, and helping them um, get their voice out there and motivating them to, you know, to they not just stay where they are. Because um, I don't know if you've noticed, but the rate of crime in Victoria has increased from this time last year. Um, and so that's that's a shocking um, that's a shocking stat. Um, so what we do a lot of the time is, you know, we we're working. We're going to work with them. Um, not only to keep them where they are, but move them forward. And we work with the families as well. Um, and it's it's interesting because I I love the power of youth. Um, I, I don't know if you noticed, but I'm 18. Turn <sighs> <laughs> <laughs> 18 this year. Um, and the concept that, you know, you can go in any direction that you want to go because you're just starting out is mind-boggling to me because you have so much in front of you. Um, you have so much time to influence and inspire other people. So that's what I help the kids um, that I teach and the youth leaders um, that I mentor sometimes to, to just grab onto that idea. What I um, love is I'm 40 and still feel like the whole world is in front of me. I feel like I've still got so much to offer. Yeah. So um yeah that's it's so exciting that you see that at your age um, I think when I was 18 everything was very overwhelming it was it was so overwhelming so today it's not as overwhelming but there's still so much choice there's so much opportunity isn't there yeah um with the with the time as well comes you know awareness so I think kids of today as well because of technology and the internet and the whole thing social media we're, we're more aware of what's what's going around us. Like I, I did a talk uh, a while back with the, um, one of the team trip managers at Destiny Rescue. So they're an organization that um, helps kids get out of sexual exploitation in Southeast Asia. How did I get to know this? How did I, why, why, why? I was like, when I came across this, I'm like, why is this happening? I immediately, you know, got the idea of um, this organization and jumped on straight away. Because mm -hmm. it's, it's we're so aware of what's happening globally now that it's a concern and we feel that, you know, as an individual, as a group, we have, you know, the moral obligation to, to help out those that aren't in those fortunate situations. Yeah, and I think, you know, that's one of the benefits of technology is that we've been able to really come come ahead and that, um, you know, there's a lot being said about the younger generation, but what I've seen is that they're serious about change and they're serious about getting involved in, you know, social and political issues that matter and, uh, and environmental for that point. And um, they're, you know, I see, because I'm at the early end of um, millennials, almost Gen X, but early end of millennials and, um, you know, I noticed our generation did a lot of talking about it. And so we started to talk about some of these issues, but we didn't have the accessibility that, 
you have, and you've taken it and said, well, let's stop talking about it. We've been talking about it for a little while now. Let's actually do something with it. And it's really exciting. And I can see that. I can see that through you. I can see that through my kids. Um, the, I think the future, I think we're in good hands. I, I, I think so too. I mean, you see, you see what's happening with the, with the laws and everything, especially globally, like here in the US, um, you know, marching and people actually like standing up for the environment, for racial discrimination, for for just change to happen, right? So I think that force, um, if it keeps moving forward as it is, um, we'll 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 be in good hands. Mm. What do you um, what do you think need from the leaders of tomorrow? Yes, that's that's. I did a a article about this actually. I. I wrote, imagine that you're you're in a business, right? And your and your friend or colleague comes up to you and, and complains about about the work environment and the they're not having a good time. What would you what would you say to them? You're gonna immediately say, Well, have you spoken to HR? Have you spoken to to the person in charge of the business, the business owner? Why? Because you know they can in, um, implement the changes and the policies required to talk to those that are affected, right? So I think my my thing for world leaders, um, those that are in charge right now, especially, is are you are you listening? Like we, we we're calling you. Are you are you listening? Are you willing to you know hear us out? Mm-hmm. Um, so that's that's my my answer for that question. <laughs> so how do you leaders listen today? How, how are you seeing them? Are you seeing them not listen very well? Are you seeing them? Yeah, how are you seeing listening in, uh, in the leaders of today? Well, I mean, specifically speaking with um, Daniel Andrews, oh, controversial. I don't care. Okay, so <laughs> um, it, it was, you know, how he, he was like restricting people to, you know, stay inside, stay inside, stay inside. And then some horse racing event came up. Um, and and he allowed it, and then public backlash happened, um, and then he was forced to cancel the event. Um, and he was asked about it, and he was like, "Oh no, no, it, it was it was a bad call." Um, and the reporter was like, "Why are fifty five hundred people allowed to gather, um, and ten can't gather for you know for funerals?" Um, I have a lot of friends that have had family members die because of this or because of other illness. Um, and the fact that they can't have more people attend their funerals was was just heartbreaking. And so when that by law, right, can happen, and then you have some event happen like horse racing bullcrap, right? And then and then he allows that, and then the public goes, "Hey, hold on, wait a minute, that's that's not fair." And so he, he cancels it out. So I think we actually force. We have the, the power to change um, and to call our leaders when they when they're full of crap. Make them listen. <laughs> Make them listen. <laughs> so, um, so outside of you know, one of the and I work a lot with leaders on on creating that ability to listen. And I think mm. that sometimes you know, there's so much going on. We're operating at such a fast pace. There's always mm. more than enough to do um, and to focus on. And I find that busyness gets in the way of us being able yeah. to to fully listen. What are your thoughts on that? Busyness does. I mean, at the end of the day, we're we're still human, right? We still have to 
turn off at times. We can't process everything at once because if we had to, like, you know, we'll just explode, right? Implode. Um, it, so my, my thing is that, you know, try your best. Um, it's, it's not a, um, cause I, I think that, you know, when you, when you try to listen to one person, it, it's a lot easier than when you try to listen to, you know, 5,000, right? Um, cause they all have different ideas, different things to, to pitch in. Right. Um, and so I, I think that world leaders just need to be, need to make it transparent you know they need to be more transparent that they can't solve everything um mm -hmm. they they're only at the end of the day as human as you and me um trying their their best to lead um and that's that comes in with the, the book that i recently read as well um it says you know it's called leading with a limp now when i read this book i was like that, that's me that, that's me um because it's it's about leading with your flaws Right, and the more you make that transparent to people that hey, I'm a leader, I'm put in this position to represent you, um, but I also have negative things, right? Um, and it's 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 one of those things that we're gonna have to go past if we're gonna move together. Um, so it's it's that transparency that we we need more. And is it about yeah. embracing imperfection? Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I love that you said that. Um, yeah. Nobody, I'm, I'm sorry to say this, but nobody's perfect. You're not perfect. I'm sorry. I'm not perfect. <laughs> I, I love the fact that I'm not perfect. It gives me a bit of a caveat <laughs> to <laughs> just, I don't know, sometimes be a little bit lazy with what I'm doing as well. <laughs> it's like, I'm not perfect. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I love it. So tell me, where does, um, where does, where does someone get there? And I, I understand that the church was a big contributor for, for your, you know, your, um, I guess, leadership focus in the early days, but how do you actually get to the point? Cause I mean, I'm sure you've, you've been around other people who have been exposed to similar circumstances as you and, and similar environments, and they haven't become a, a community leader or a leader in business, a leader in, in speaking and all of that kind of thing. How did you, I mean, was there a decision point? Was there a point that you, you made a decision and you're like, I'm going to go down this path instead of that one, but that you're conscious of the other one? Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, um, the, the decision that I made for myself, first of all, was to, you know, never quit, right? No matter what the turnout is, I'm going to keep pushing forward. You can't quit. That's, that's a self decision made right there. Was um, that because of stubbornness? <laughs> not stubbornness. What was that? Well, it plays a part. It plays a part into it. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna lie. Um, I, I am pretty. Um, pretty stubborn. But it's. It. It, it helps me more than not. You know. Um, because I. A lot of the things that I. I do is deciding whether, this is working or it's. It's not working or maybe it's working. But if I quit now, I won't find out. So that. That little gap between, maybe I should keep going or maybe I should try something else. That's the that's the difficult um, gray area that I I still sometimes decide and battle over, but my stubbornness just overrides that and goes, you know what, just see it through, um, see what happens, and then switch when when things don't work out. Um, that's. <laughs> so you you've got you've got a high amount of resilience. You've got a high amount of grit. You are one of a tribe of 
siblings you're was that you know being the oldest of of um it's the oldest of seven isn't it yeah I'm I'm not the eldest I'm the third uh third eldest. family yeah but the the other two siblings were um just left without for for you know majority of my my uh childhood so it was it was like I had to take over and rule <laughs> Rule the household. Um, was that was that um, was that really significant? Was you know, in hindsight, sort of looking back, was it? I had to assume I actually was put into a role of leading mm. and looking after my my younger siblings, and mm. you almost fell into it as well. Mm. So I, I I'm going to talk about this as well in more detail in in the um, when I was helping Ballarat, but it's. It reminds me of that. Um, have you heard the story of the prince that hated, hated absolutely hated the being the prince, um, and they he he hated the thought of you know being one day the king. So he left the town that he was. He left his kingdom, um, and and came across a village. You know, like a, a torn down village, um, and the he was so tired. He had nothing on him. All his money was gone. Um, and the people in the village were two elderly um, uh, parents with like six, seven kids, mini kids. He was the elder. Um, and so they took him in. And so he felt responsible for taking care of the kids because he they took him in. And the kids were really small and the parents were um, really, really old. Um, and then another few people came into the town and then another, more people and more people. And then he... They appointed him as adult, um, as a community leader um, for the town. And then the village was under attack someday, and he was put in charge of that, um, and the village won the battle, right? <laughs> and so he's, he created a whole entire kingdom, and then they had to decide who was going to be king, and they appointed him. And, and one day he was just crying because he was like, oh, I ran away because I, I, I was due to be the king. And now I, I put myself in a situation um, where, you know, it's, it's where you're put, right? It, you, when sometimes, sometimes when you're placed in a position of, of influence, you're not always going to be wanting it, right? Mm -hmm. um, but it, it, you've, you've been picked. You've been picked. Um, and a lot of us are are either dodging that responsibility because you know it's it's too much it's too much pressure i don't, I don't like it I, I get off my back right and so <laughs> it, it's it's actually saying you know this has been given to me um i am going to to take a stand and lead it sounds so much like a, a, a really subtle shift in perspective. It's I could look at this as though this has been forced upon me, or I could look at this as an opportunity to go, well, what difference can I make? And what I love is, you know, with that with that story, um, is that sometimes there's a, a greater purpose and that that will continue to come back and present itself throughout your life. And, you know, as much as you want to ignore it, it's um it's often... Uh, you know, these lessons are presented us for a, a reason. There's, mm. there's lesson, there's opportunities to learn and grow from all of these lessons, isn't there? So true, so true. And you, this, this has presented itself as well in, in people that have faced adversity, like later on or early on, right? They, they have put, been put in a position of, of negativity, of, of 
like it doesn't make sense but you see them now happy and smiling right <laughs> you go weren't you going through that how like for example i was talking to i was interviewing um ross ben Mushe yesterday um a creator of uh, laughing at cancer she actually suffered from bowel cancer and her her perspective um <laughs> when faced with a disease like that you, you often you know oh my goodness i've got to get my my things in order uh, but what, what if things don't work out right um and just the stress and the worry um but she she changed her perspective completely um to appreciate the, the wonderful things in life and and i am so grateful that um she recovered and was able to share this story with them so it's it's definitely perspective so many people make a difference and that's part of the reason that I record a podcast is because there's so many different there's so many different um, experiences and opportunities and perspectives that need to be shared and we don't all need to take everything from everyone that we hear from but you start to hear some of these things recurring and coming up again and you know they they may not resonate the first second third or even tenth time but at some point each of the things that we present will resonate with you in some way and, and help you to change and move forward. And I think that's a really good example of, of that with the interview you did. Mm, that's good, that's good. So I want to talk about you doing work with my two sons <laughs> um, because I, I've, been, I've been fortunate enough to see your leadership in, in practice um, and I have COVID to thank for that. Um, I would never have even considered it if it weren't for being in lockdown. And, you know, one of the, for our listeners, the reason I, I reached out to Daniel um, about a week or maybe even three days before um, school holidays started saying, uh, it's school holidays. My kids usually go to my parents' place for two weeks where they go and experience just farm life and, um, and doing a little bit of work and also hanging out with their grandparents. And, um, and I think that, you know, over the last year, that's probably, they've probably become a bit tired of, um, of going up there. Um, and so it was a good opportunity to go, what can I do differently? And we were, we were locked, we were locked down. So there was not much choice. So I reached out to uh, Daniel and said, I want you to do something with my boys over the next two weeks. <laughs> no pressure. Uh, but, you know, help them, help them work out what they want to do or play with some, a project or, and I was really vague, wasn't I? <laughs> I was like, so do they have something specific they want to work on? Am I gonna have to determine that? <laughs> and and you know, I think it's um evident that um great leaders will be able to work within ambiguity and and adapt and be really agile in their approach. And you definitely did all of that. So I gave you a really broad brief, which was I need them to to make use of their two weeks of school holidays. I want them to to just come out the other end a little bit more evolved than what they've gone in. They talk about, I'm going to be a YouTuber and um, I've never said to them, um, that's a ridiculous idea. I can't say I haven't thought that, yeah. uh, but I've never said it. Um, and I said, fine, you want to be a YouTuber, work with Daniel on being a YouTuber. Um, and I think I haven't heard since, <laughs> since the work started with you, Daniel, I haven't heard them talking about being a YouTuber. I think they've realized how hard it is. Um, and yeah, both of them are now looking at um, starting up their own merchandise lines and, you know, they're thinking bigger. Yeah. Um, but tell me about, you know, with the brief that I gave you, tell me about what was going through your mind and how do you work with a 12-year-old and a nine-year-old? To, to, to tell you the truth, uh, it's not my normal um, audience range. 
So I, my, the usual clients that come to me, I, I help them with their public speaking skills um, and, and to figure out what their field is. Um, so I, I usually sit with them, I ask them a series of questions, very, very strict, right? And then, and then I determine a date later on for an event that they're going to plan and I'm going to help them work out the script, how to get the people, right? All that. But when you, when you asked me, I was like, this is going to be interesting. Um, with my questions, I had to, I had to make it um, more, more, um, less strict, right? And it was, it was, it was fun because they, they, I think they knew what they wanted to do. Um, and this is the thing. Some people, they, they know what to do and how to do it. It's just the doing it part. That's like, ah, uh, I had a friend as well that, you know, was like, oh, I'm going to start doing this. I'm going to start doing that. And I want, this is going to be a great idea. This is going to be awesome. I want to start doing this. And then I was like, great. How, how, how long have you had the idea? They're like, oh, six, longer than six months. I'm like, what have you done? nothing you haven't even started and so it's it's the doing part that a lot of people get stuck and it's not that their idea doesn't work because they don't even know they, they haven't implemented it um so with your voice what was fun was i i was literally asking them what do you actually want to do what do you want out of this next two weeks right um and we jot down some ideas um we we said you know this is good this is good this is dumb Get rid of that. Now <laughs> we did actually do that. It was it was really really clear with them um, what they wanted to do, and they. Uh, it's funny to say that you know they at the start they were like, "I want to be a YouTuber. I, I want to be a YouTuber." And I was like, "All right, awesome. What else?" Um, it's that what else that I was looking for because I I I know that YouTube can be their thing that they want to grow up and uh, grow up and do. But it's also that what else? So allowing that second option um, for them is it was was gold. And your um, uh, Riley likes um, the outdoors, right? And so ah, there's something there. Okay, let's create a YouTube gaming, like you said, right? But let's include the <laughs> the outdoorsy things more. Um, see what happens. Um, and it was it was just interesting to see their their energy every day just increase like all right let's do this now let's do this now so it's, it's good and what i love um, for you know any parent who's looking to <clears throat> take this on is um that it wasn't all excitement to be working with you and i think that's what i loved most about it is that there were certain points with the boys and more so riley than lewis given his age and probably his personality um is I don't want to do it. Why do we have to do it? Why are you making me do this? And I never made them do it in the first place. The The conversation was, boys, you've got school holidays coming up. You're not just going to be sitting on electronics. So there's things that you can do around the house. We've got some, some projects that you can do, i.e. work for them, which they hated the idea of. Um, and then, or you can work with Daniel on, on something that is more meaningful. Um, and so while I didn't force them to do it, the option was definitely more of more, more appealing than doing any hard labor. Uh, and so it was, there was resistance that was, that was met. And I thought, gosh, after these two weeks, they're, they're probably not going to want to see Daniel again. They're, they're probably going to, you know, blame him for how terrible life is. And, but what, what was wonderful about this is they came out of it out of the end of the two weeks, they did this, you know, I think it was, it was it a seven minute video um, they, mm. they ended on 
So Daniel worked with them on um, doing videos and talking about particular topics over the two weeks. So each day they would have to do a video on a certain topic um, and send it across to Daniel before the next day. So there was this accountability, there was this responsibility that they had to take. And at the end of the two weeks, they spoke beautifully compared to where they had come from. So it was great to see their progress, <clears throat> but also they saw the value in what, what you were doing. And um, they are now continuing to work with you. So it's not every day now, but it's uh, once a fortnight, the boys still by choice um, choose to, um, to have a conversation with you and you continue to challenge them and you continue to push them outside of their comfort zone. Um, and they continue to resist behind the scenes and um, you know, have various versions of tantrums uh, about not doing it. But I know that they like to do it and I know that they need to just be able to get through and do it. So from an accountability perspective, it is, it's been so wonderful to have you encouraging them along and saying, if you don't do it. <laughs> yeah, the, that's good. I, I, I like how you say I, they, you know, there was some resistance as well, because there was. Um, and it's funny to see them, you know, say, oh, I don't want to do this. What do I have to do this? And I'm like, I, I'm, I'm sitting here on the screen, right? Like we're talking, I don't, I'm not there with you, but you feel pressure because, you know, you feel that it's, it's necessary, it's important, it will advance you, but the, you, you, you haven't done it before. Um, so there's, there's this need of why do I need to? Um, you need to in order to grow. Um, and I think they understand that, but they, it's just that push and pull of, you know, how, why do I need to do this? Um, so yeah, it, it's been interesting to see them, you know, um, squash that feeling of, why do I need to do this? And actually, you know, this might be actually important. Let's see where it goes. Um, and it's, I, the, the topics that I give them every day um, have, been, have been those topics that I wanna say school doesn't touch on necessarily, um, but it's, it's one of those important <laughs> words that, you know, you, you need to know and you need to know the gravity of it and understand it to, mm to actually you know keep molding um the way you live share with us your share with us some of the words but also your thoughts behind i don't know whether there was any thoughts behind the order of or um tell us share us <laughs> so yeah one of the one of the words i i started with blame um because i knew they they are younglings and they they have experience of this already um and i i was like okay the topic of blame and I, I had this, I, I picked this topic firstly, because it's what I was stuck on for ages. I love blaming people. Like I loved it so much. It was like my, my favorite game. You know, it's not my fault, it's your fault. I don't have to do this because this person did this, right? Um, and it's, it, was, it was that feeling of, I don't want them to be trapped in this firstly. Um, I want them to know that, you know, hey, this is, this is what's gonna happen. Um, this is what the situations are going to be. And a lot of them have been like this. Um, it's, it's been me sitting down and saying, I actually don't want them to be trapped in this. So I want them to be more aware of this um, in order to, to maybe dodge it later on. Um, so words like, you know, blame, respect. And I think the, the respect one was, was the key with, your, <laughs> with, with Riley. Um, it, <laughs> it really hit home. Um, and and I, I, I know he's not going to admit this, or he might admit it, right? But he's, he, he likes the idea of leadership. 
he likes the idea of influence, but he 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 has this thought of you know I'm I'm young, what's the point? I'm gonna grow, right? Um, and building in that in him that you know yes you're young, but you still have influence over people, right? Example, your sister, right? <laughs> Everybody is watching you, right? You've got yeah. to be more more aware of that, um, more aware of your action, more you gotta respect property. Like it's these things that um, that uh, helps him advance forward. And what I think, where I think, you know, so much of the value came from is first of all, it wasn't me or my husband <laughs> telling them about these things, yeah. uh, albeit we do say it. So we, we talk all of the topics you were talking about, we, we talk about um, as well. It seemed to resonate a lot better because they could relate to you better mm. than they relate to me because you are you you were in school last year yeah. so it's not yeah but that was when that was in the olden days <laughs> I have time it's oh, your point uh, da, 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 da. so yeah no I think it's I think that the um hearing hearing an, an adult say something to kids versus hearing a kid say the same thing to the kid um has has a different impact and I think it's just the age demographic and the um it's the it's 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 the relatability yeah it's it hits home differently um so yeah I think that's that plays an impact on it and you brought in scenarios around you know your school and decisions you made and you know what I'm seeing the boys do is instead of um opting for easy they're starting to consider hard um, Lewis definitely will take the hard road because he can see bigger picture. Um, yeah. Riley resists it to a point where that becomes hard. And, you know, I think he <laughs> makes a decision that, oh, I think maybe I will go down this hard path because what I thought was the easy path is actually excruciatingly painful. And, and so go down with it. But, um, you know, I, I, I'm so grateful for the work that you've been doing with them and will continue to do. And, I'm really excited by what the future looks like for them. I think regardless of what path they go down, what you're teaching them is life skills. You're teaching them skills that they can apply to, to anything. I, I, don't, I don't know if you remember this, but when you sat down giving me that vague description, I was like, okay, okay, I can, I can work with this. Okay, let's, I, I, the thing that I want though, um, the thing that I want them to do is to recognize um, a when they're when they're being when they're um, dodging responsibility and B to recognize opportunities um, and and go for it. Don't just recognize it and sit there. Recognize it and go for it, right? Um, and I did this by making them realize how how much they have around them um, and how when opportunity comes they should they should grab it because you know they have a healthy body. They have you know parents mom and dad that care for them they have opportunities around school around mm -hmm. society but seeing that is one thing as well but going for it is another thing and so that's that's what I was working on and guys, and, it's <laughs> and it's working so um you know I think you know for me it is a really good affirmation and you know when I tell when I talk to people about I've I've hired a coach for my kids. <laughs> I giggle a little because it's like, well, I coach and I have a coach. Why wouldn't I invest in a coach for my kids? Um, and, you know, it's, 
it seemed foreign at the time and now it just seems like part of how I think they have to continue their life. I think that all of us have, I think everyone needs a coach is what I'm saying. And I'm not saying it because, because I, I do coaching as part of my, my own practices, but because of the opportunities that you get when someone is fully listening to you, if we go full circle back to the beginning of the conversation, the one thing that you do for the half hour that you've got with each of the boys is you completely wholeheartedly listen to what they've got to say and your attention is 100% on them. And even just that is, is worth everything, is to have someone just be able to listen to you. Exactly, exactly. I, I also, I think a lot of it plays a part into, you know, the mentorship. Like you, you need somebody who, who is, who's gone through the processes, right? Um, who's gone, who's still going through it as well, but is a little bit more knowledgeable um and and so when you're when you really offer advice or offer them to go in this direction you know it's solid um and so i i think it's it's that idea of mentorship and i agree with you um everyone needs a mentor um it's it's one of those things that you know you you're better off um with a mentor than you know through trial and error um because that that's how you shortcut things um, and you know, hey, your mentor tells you, okay, don't maybe probably not do that because I've done it before and I, I know what happens. Um, it doesn't end well. Just saying, <laughs> it doesn't end well. But you, you're welcome to try it. But I'm just saying, like, it's that weighing in um, the, the second of the second opinion that that helps as well. So. Absolutely, absolutely. Thank you so much. And I, I've got, you know, just one final question. So each session with the boys, you give them a word and then they have until the next session with you to come up with a video. And the word that you gave the boys um, this week was uh, cause and effect, which is really interesting um, and something I talk about a lot. Um, but if you were to, if, if we were to take all of our listeners and say if your, um, your challenge, should you choose to accept it, is to create a, what, five minute video? Let's start with maybe five minute video for our for our listeners is to create a five minute video on what word what word would you start with when working with leaders Daniel when working with leaders the first word that I would get them to pick is usually blame um and but then the first word that I I am influenced by these days is is leadership exactly leadership um what does it mean what does it mean to you what does it mean to be a leader? I right? love that. <laughs> what does it mean to be? A, what What is your view on being a leader? Right. Compare it to what the actual world thinks about being a leader. Compare mm -hmm. it to what the Bible sees a leader. Right. Um, play around with that and make a five minute video. See what happens. I make would love that. <laughs> um, and so if you are willing to accept the challenge and create a five minute video on leadership, and then if you want to do a follow up on the word blame, I would love to um, hear that hashtag um, dynamic leadership and definitely um, tag both Daniel and me in the, the posts that you do around it. I'd love to start to see some of that come through. Daniel, thank you so much for your time. Um, I really appreciate your, your wisdom and your insights. Um, and I love learning from, from different people and it's been fabulous learning from you and watching you, watching my kids learn from you. And it's just one of the greatest joys. So thank you so much. I'm, I'm definitely appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you so much for inviting me today. It's been awesome.
And for all our listeners, if you want to connect with um, Daniel, I will include the link to his LinkedIn profile. Um, he's definitely one to uh, follow and keep an eye on. He's got some big things that are happening in the future and he'll um, keep us all abreast of what they are. But until our next conversation, thank you so much for listening. Thanks again for listening to another episode of The Dynamic Leader. There is no better time than now to work through your leadership and people strategy to establish what the future might look like for your business and how you might empower your people to help you succeed. It is through building the capability of your people and reducing their dependency on you that will keep you moving forward at pace and will see you remaining relevant in the future. I have worked with over 100 businesses across almost as many industries and seen firsthand the challenges that come with employing, engaging and managing staff. If you're looking to improve how you lead, why not reach out for a conversation? In the meantime, thanks so much for joining me and stay awesome.